You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Jam-packed, locked and loaded. Wednesday edition. So let's roll. Of course, the number you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. I'm on Twitter. On Instagram, at Gordon Damer, daily poll question is up for today. We pulled another one out of the fire. Amazing how I do it. Today is Wednesday, so we will have headlines today. We will check in on Florida Man. He has been very busy in the last seven days. It is amazing. Even considering that this is ESPN and there's certain stories that I can't use, there's never a lack of stories of Florida Man. It's just a question of how do you whittle them down. So we'll get to that today. But let's start. At the beginning. And at the beginning is the big news yesterday that Luis Severino will need Tommy John surgery. Comes out yesterday afternoon. And really, you could use whatever adjective you want. Crushing, devastating, incredible, infuriating. I would say, A, I don't think there's anyone really to blame. People will want to blame Brian Cashman. People will want to question why didn't he have the surgery already if he was experiencing this since game three of the playoffs last year against the Astros. Why didn't this happen before now? Not that you would have been able to get him back this year necessarily, but at least he would have been further along in the process by this point. Well, look, surgery is always going to be the last option. You know, there was a time where people were thinking, well, Masahiro Tanaka is going to have to have Tommy John surgery. And that's what, three, four years ago now? And he still hasn't had Tommy John surgery. So surgery is always going to be the last option. You knew that they were going to try everything else first. For So for those who want to blame Brian Cashman or blame the training staff, that's a popular one. They just changed all the training staff. Sometimes guys get hurt. And he is, Severino, not really been the same guy since the first half of 2018, I mean, second half of 2018, he pitched to an ERA of five and a half, basically missed all of last year, missed last year with a different injury that he's got now. Remember, last year it was the lat and the, the shoulder. And you'd have to figure, you know, for a guy who just turned 26, it's devastating work. You, you know, it's a devastating injury and it's, it's certainly very sad. And I think that that's the word that I would use most. It's sad for him. It's sad for him that after all that he went through last year to now miss a second straight season, it's brutal. And he released a statement saying that he's extremely disappointed that he will not be able to put on a Yankee uniform and complete, uh, compete with my teammates this year. But I promise that I will be working tirelessly during this process to come back stronger than ever to make the greatest fans in baseball proud. It's a very, very sad situation because it, when you consider he's going to miss all of this year, right? He's going to probably miss at least the start of, of next year. Usually it's 14 months. And considering that he's already missed two years, you know the Yankees are going to be uber careful whenever he does come back. And I think that it's at least a fair question to ask whether or not he really ever comes back to being the guy that he was at the age of 23. This lights-out starter who the Yankees had taken so long to be able to really develop a starting pitcher like this. And here he comes. Bursts on the scene, you know, comes burst on the scene that has the second year where it's, it's a bit of a step back. And then that third year at the age of 23, pitched like a Cy Young candidate. So this is obviously terrible news for him. And you feel for a guy who's you thought was through the injury bug. 
But what this means for the Yankees is obviously not good either. You don't want to go out and lose your number two starter. You know, it's one thing if Paxton goes down for a, for several months or you're not going to have Domingo Herman for a certain stretch of the season. But this was a guy you were really relying on, and not necessarily for the regular season, but part of the regular season. Yeah, that was a big part of it. It's funny to me that people are just making it out like the American League East is the Yankees and a, and four versions of the Orioles. The Rays won 96 games last year and won 96 games with Blake Snell basically missing, you know, half the year. He pitched 100 innings last year. Also, Tyler Glasnow, who was lights out for them in the beginning of the season, they lost him from May until September. And they are, if not the, one of the smartest organizations in baseball, and they won 96 games last year. I don't think the Red Sox are going to be as bad as people think. The Blue Jays should be better. That's not to say that they're good, but they'll be better. This is not the American League Central, or really, even the American League West. The Yankees are going to have to get on the ball here and hope that these injuries stop. Now, I don't really blame anybody. I don't know that there's really anything they can do to stop the injuries from happening. You'd think that they'd have better luck at some point than they had last year. But to look at the silver lining, won 103 games last year. Last year didn't have Garrett Cole. And it certainly feels like, maybe not right now, considering the way that spring training has gotten off to the start that it has, you'd have to assume they're not going to have the same level of injury that they had last year. The other silver lining of this is the baseball season is so long, there are guys that right now we are not focused on at all who will be factors for the Yankees, for other teams around baseball. There are major contributors at the end of the season that you don't really consider being part of the mix at the beginning of the season. At this point last year, I don't think anyone thought that Domingo Herman was going to play the role that he ended up playing last year. Same thing goes for Mike Ford. I don't even think I knew the name Mike Ford last year or the name Mike Taupman. So to be the silver lining guy, I think that this obviously opens up a huge opportunity for someone and who that someone will be. Well, we're going to find out. Is it Jonathan Loisega, who's certainly seemed like uh, he can dominate out of the pen, and and whether or not he can do that as a starter? We'll see. Is it Michael King, who had a big season last year in the minors? Is it more use of the opener, which was super effective for the Yankees last year? I would think that at least not early on, but as the season goes along, if those guys and those options don't pan out, you'll start to see the name Davey Garcia pop up again. Or Clark Schmidt, who is one of the Yankees' top pitching prospects. Those guys I don't think are going to be option A or B to solve this internally. But that the, that's what the Yankees are going to do. And based on how they've been able to overcome injuries in the past, they have built up a little credit, or should have, that they actually know what they're doing. This is not necessarily a move about the regular season. It's more about the postseason, because when you get to that, you want to have the big starters going. And Luis Severino at times has pitched that way. But it's obviously very, very sad news. I would say the one word you can absolutely not use, though, is surprising. The announcement yesterday, and it seemed like a lot of people were surprised by it. I don't know why. The guy missed all of last year and then came in complaining of forearm soreness or discomfort or whatever. As soon as you hear the forearm, the first thing you have to kind of maybe not expect, but certainly think about is, uh uh-oh, that could be Tommy John surgery. 
And when he came down with the, the, the discomfort or whatever term they were using, the first thing I said is, if he pitches at all this year, I'm going to be shocked. I, I said at the time, and I think that everybody kind of should have felt this way, if you could have got him back by the All-Star break, that would have felt like a win. So it should not be surprising at all. Now, it's not the worst-case scenario. Some people are going the other way. Worst-case scenario is either one of two things. Either A, shoulder. Shoulder recovery is a lot trickier than elbow recovery. And that thoracic outlet syndrome, which some guys have had, including Matt Harvey, that thing for baseball players seems like almost a death sentence. That thing, it's very rare to come back from that and be as effective as you were before. So hopefully Luis Severino gets past this, undergoes the surgery, finally gets healthy, and is back, I guess, at the age of, what, 27. But that's a long road and one that the Yankees got to kind of maneuver here without him for at least the 2020. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Coming up, we'll get to the baseball. But the Giants spoke yesterday, had some very interesting things to say at the scouting combine. Dave Gettleman, A, lied to all our faces. We will play you a cut of him saying something, and the words mean one thing. But you can tell the meaning behind the words means the complete opposite thing. So we'll play you that. But yesterday was the very rare, or maybe it won't be that rare now, But usually when Dave Gettleman speaks, that's the headline. He will give you something. Whether you like it, a lot of times you won't like it. But he will give you the headline. Yesterday, I think actually, even with what Dave Gettleman said and lied directly to your face, mine too, I think that Joe Judge was actually the headline yesterday. So we'll get into that. And that is the focus of our poll question today. It's up on Twitter. It's at Gordon Damer. It's looking to recover after a horrendous performance. I don't know. I think there was a Twitter glitch yesterday. Had to be. Couldn't be that people just hated that question that much. Could people it? don't like the Bengals. That's why. Oh, my God. Joe Burrow, he should retire based on his performance in the poll question first and last time. He was even worse than the Mets poll question, and that's hard to do. But the poll question is up for today, this fine Wednesday morning. Giants spoke at the scouting combine yesterday, and both Joe Judge and – Dave Gettleman remained unwilling to name any starters for the team, including the quarterback, Daniel Jones, would not mention Daniel Jones on the depth chart. So what do you think? And this is a continuation for at least Joe Judge. This is what he did at his press conference when he was hired. And now this is continuing, what, six, seven weeks later. What do you think of this approach? We gave you four options today. What were the four optioners? A, it's smart. It sets the tone. It tells you what the approach of this team is going to be. Everybody's going to have to earn their way. B, it's curious. What's up with that? C, it's silly. It's completely disingenuous. Or D, whatever's, whatever's, no big deal. Those are your options. That's the poll question. It's up on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. Lots of stuff to do today. We'll get into the Giants coming up. We'll take your calls on uh, Luis Severino and the loss of him. If you're surprised by that, I'm I'm just wondering how you get through life. Because it seemed like the most obvious thing from the moment he came down with discomfort in his his forearm. We opened the show today with the uh, Luis Severino injury news, obviously. And I think my takeaway is it's obviously very sad, especially for him. I don't think it's devastating for the Yankees, although I do think that people are discounting 
the competition within the division. But I think the biggest takeaway is that it's sad, but not surprising. As soon as that the first bit of news comes down that he's experiencing soreness or discomfort in his forearm after missing basically all of last season as they end up flying back to New York for three days of tests, I wonder what percentage of players could come back to undergo three days of tests and they don't find anything wrong with them anywhere. Feels like you're going to eventually show something's going to show up. But that's not the focus of this segment. That was that segment. If you missed it, you can obviously get the podcast after the show. But the Giants, they are the focus of the second segment. Out at the scouting combine yesterday, Dave Gettleman, who is that always makes headlines whenever he speaks, with, uh, with, with gems, absolute gems, like breaking down offense. Offense is offense, right? Okay, somebody snaps it, somebody catches it, and then you're either running or throwing. All right. I mean, how could you not feel good about where the direction of the team is going? I mean, when you can break it down to such a molecular level as the offense is the offense. Offense is offense, right? Yeah. Okay, somebody snaps it, somebody catches it, and then you're either running or throwing. I mean, nobody can argue with that. Offense is offense. Nobody thinks offense is defense. Nobody ever has said offense is special teams. So Dave Gettleman has got us all on board. We're all in line with his vision. So, And Dave Gettleman is a guy who is a lightning rod. Maybe the, the biggest lightning rod in town right now. Whenever he says something, people have a reaction to it. He always makes headlines whenever he speaks. And yesterday, he should have made headlines for lying to every single one of you. How did he do that? Listen to this audio clip where somebody asks him, are you open to trading the first round pick, the fourth pick overall? The words he uses says, yeah, we're open for business. That would mean, yes, we are open to doing that. But the words he gives you after that tells you there's no chance in hell that the Giants are trading the fourth pick overall. Here's Dave Gettleman. You know, absolutely. We're open for business. You know, I, you know, again, I'm going to, whatever we do is going to be in our best interest. Okay. You know, I would hope so. Trading back has its, is fraught. It has danger. It's fraught. You know, what happens if you trade back eight spots? You know, we're at four. Let's say we trade back to eight. There's only four players that we like. What if they're all gone? Now, now, you know, now what are you going to do? You're going to trade back again? You know, you, you can trade yourself back out of good players. But to answer your question, uh, you know, we're open. Yeah, sounds like you're really open. What happened? First off, he, he has a little f- slip there of saying fraught and then realize, oh, I don't want to use the word fraught. But that's how he approaches it. He, he thinks that trading down is fraught with danger. What if you trade down from four and there's only four players you like and you trade down eight spots and the four players are all gone? Well, Dave, you got picks in the second round. You got picks in the third round. You got picks in other rounds. The NFL draft is not four players deep. So, yes, it's possible to trade down from four, stockpile more picks. I would like to think... I don't know what their big board looks like, but I would hope 
that the Giants board has more than four players on it. Because I can tell you right now, there will be more than four players in the 2020 draft. And it's Dave Gettleman's job to find those players. So unless they just get absolutely blown away, it's pretty clear any hopes you had of saying, you know what, this is a really good opportunity for the Giants. They have lots of holes, especially on defense. They could use that fourth pick, trade down, and stockpot. I mean, it depends on where you're trading down to, right? But if there's a team that wants to move up, forget about even Miami at five. They would probably throw you some extra picks too, just to move up that one spot. We've seen other teams like the the Bears. I think about what they gave up to get Mitch Trubisky, and they only moved up one spot. But think about if a team even further down, maybe at six, at seven, you might be able to get another first-round pick, future picks in other years. That's what the Giants really need, and that's what generally bad teams, how they turn it around. They don't overvalue one pick. They realize that the hit percentages of teams are roughly the same, and what separates the good teams from the bad teams is finding more value later on in the draft, having more shots at the dartboard to be able to hit bullseyes in the second round, in the third round, in the fifth round. But it doesn't seem like the Giants are going to go that way. And and really, Dave Gettleman, I mean, I could sit here and play Dave Gettleman cuts all day long. Like, his view of analytics, how has it changed? This should make you feel great. All right. One thing you have taught me very well is there are no throwaway lines anymore. That was a throwaway line, and you guys know it, but every opportunity you get, you stick it. We we use it. We're involved in it. We're building, you know, we're building a department. You know, it's, listen, it's like, it's just part of the tool, it's part of the tool set. Yeah. Doesn't sound like it's a hammer. Doesn't sound like it's a screwdriver. I just don't go out discussing it. You know what I'm saying? It sounds like one of those things in the toolbox that you don't really know what it does. You know what I mean? Like, it's in there, but it's not a hammer. You're like a hammer, you know how it works. Screwdriver, you know how it works. Sounds like Dave is trying to find out what uh, what socket fits. You know, like you're trying to find the socket and you can never, oh, no, that one's too big. This one's too small. Uh, No, it's not that one. It's not this one. It's one of those tools that you don't really know what the hell it does. It doesn't make you feel like the that the computer folk have uh, been able to overtake the building as of yet. So Dave Gettleman, I mean, he had so many things to say yesterday. Did he have the one about um, – did we have the one about – oh, yeah, offense scores points, defense wins championships. I told you guys today I walked in the door. Offense scores points, defense wins championships. That's the way it is. In the All right, so that's the way it is. He uh, offense scores points, defense wins championships, and I hate defense. God, I hate no. He has used the second overall pick on a running back. He he signed a left tackle who was not a top ten left tackle and paid him more than anybody else has made at left tackle. Seven of the eight largest cap hits are on offense. He's have they spent any money on defense whatsoever? Not really. So this, but this is a rare time. I've spent the last five minutes playing Dave Gettleman cuts, but that's not really the focus that I wanted to to put on. Because the headline to me yesterday was Joe Judge, the new head coach, because he continued this approach of not naming 
any starters, including Daniel Jones. And as I said, that's the focus of the poll question today. So when he was hired, it kind of got a little bit of attention that when he had the, the opening press conference, he wouldn't name any starters. And his his reasoning for it at the time was, hey, I just walked in the door. I, got, I haven't really been focused on the Giants. I don't know who is who and what's what. And I'm going to take the next two months or whatnot until the draft to kind of get up to speed, to view film, to talk to people within the organization, to find out all the different things. And then I'll have my opinion down the road. So now it's six, seven weeks later. And yet he has continued this approach where he won't mention any player by name, not even Saquon Barkley, won't name anybody. So it leads you to the question of what, what what's going on here? And what I don't think is going on, I don't think anybody does for a second, is that he is not behind Daniel Jones or that uh, he, he, I mean, he would not have gotten the job if he didn't believe that Daniel Jones was the Giants franchise quarterback. And for good reason, based only on his rookie season, you would have to say Daniel Jones had an above average rookie season. Are there things he needs to work on? Clearly, holding on to the football would be the biggest one. If he can fix that, that's going to go a long way to Daniel Jones being and playing like a franchise quarterback, not just the guy that the Giants look to as a franchise quarterback. So then it makes you kind of question what what what's the deal with this approach? And I got to say, my answer to the poll question would simply be, this is so stupid. This is dumb, as dumb as the day is long. Mainly because it's completely disingenuous. Nobody believes him for a second. Everyone comes in the same. Does anybody believe that from outside? Like media? Does anybody actually think that that Joe Judge doesn't look at Saquon Barkley as the starting running back or Daniel Jones as the, 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 the franchise quarterback? Of course not. And he better hope that, pl- that all the players are not the same. Everyone can get treated fairly, but not everyone's going to get treated the same. So it makes you kind of question, why is he doing this? It's, he sounds ridiculous because this is just simply basic. This is so simple. And if you're going to be disingenuous on such a, a, a basic level, well, then you're not going to get any honest answers about anything. I've heard people say, well, maybe this is to motivate Daniel Jones. Does anyone, I mean, of the list of issues that Daniel Jones had last year, is anybody listing motivation as being one of them? I get he's got things to work on. Every quarterback, every player would have things to work on. But is hard working not among the the attributes that you would associate with Daniel Jones? I mean, if he needs to get motivated and this approach is going to motivate him, well, geez, Louise, the Giants got far bigger problems than we even think right now. And what it really comes off as is being, well, you know what? I'm from Bill the Bill Belichick tree, so I'm going to pull this move where it just seems like such a waste of time and energy. You know, Bill Belichick can get away with that. He can get away with anything. I've said before, Bill Belichick could walk into a press conference in New England, flipping the double middle fingers and and blowing raspberries at the media, 
And basically nobody would be able to say anything because he's Bill Belichick. Joe Judge doesn't have that luxury right now. So to, to use this approach, oh, I'm not going to name anyone, it just comes off as so phony, so disingenuous, and such a – I'm not saying it's a big waste of time and energy, but whatever time and energy is associated with it, it's a waste of that time and energy. And there's really no – I'm sorry, there's no justification for why he would take this approach. I saw that Art Stapleton for NJ.com, you know, brought up Paul Perkins as an example, you know, and Ben McAdoo was here, and I like to call him Sunglass Hut. He he named Paul Perkins as the starter, and then it came up, you know, Perkins obviously struggled, and it made it made uh, McAdoo look bad. Are we really comparing Daniel Jones to Paul Perkins? Well, you know what? Joe Judge wants to come in here and make it clear he's not going to kiss anybody's butt. Yeah, well, uh, does anybody take it as naming clearly who the starting quarterback is, the franchise quarterback who you took in the sixth with the sixth pick in the first round last year, just simply naming him? Yeah, obviously, he's the starting quarterback. Does anybody take that as, oh my God, this guy, he's just kissing all these players' butts? It's ridiculous. It's as clear as the nose on your face. And for him, as an outsider, to be making this, not even an issue, but to to be using this approach, I would think for, as the players, it would make you lose credibility on anything beyond this. Because this one is so basic. So I don't think any player is is reading this, if they are, or, or hearing this, and thinking to themselves, well, everybody's going to have an equal. I got an equal shot. I've, I'm a backup running back on the Giants. I got an equal shot of being the starter as Saquon Barkley. No, I think it makes you lose credibility and lose credibility on something that is so first level, so simple. And, and really comes off as just being so, so dumb. <laughs> With a head of steam and right wing, brings it into the zone, gets stood up by Panarin. Here comes Panarin! Panarin with speed, Letty gets back. Panarin gets cut off on a good job, but it goes back out. There's a bat again with a blast! Who scores? Mika Zabanajan in overtime, and the Rangers win it 4 to 3. It was actually a really good game last night. I was actually watching it. That's how good a game it was. That's like the thumbs up there if I'm watching it. Islanders down 3-1. They come back. They, they tie it up uh, under a minute to go. I think it was 17 seconds to play. They finally had opportunity after opportunity, finally cash it in. And then very quickly in overtime, they cough up the puck. Panarin, who's been unbelievable. It seems like every game Mika Zibinijad scores. It feels like every single game he scores a goal. And he did last night. So there's your moment of inspiration. Our Don LaGreca on the call here, 98.7 FM. If that had not happened, today was Ric Flair's birthday. So we were going to use that. When reach for comment, all he would say was, there you go. He's very happy about his birthday. But today is Wednesday. He's also very happy that today's Wednesday. Because Wednesday means it's time for headlines. Today's headlines. Extra, extra. All right. First headline. 
Maybe we should use. Should we use that? Should we use? Woo! Or should we use extra, extra? I don't know. I feel like it's, since it's Ric Flair's birthday, we should use Woo! first headline. Harvey Weinstein. How Harvey Weinstein reacted to his guilty verdict. Obviously, this is big news. Front page news. But my problem with this is the headline is how Harvey Weinstein reacted to his guilty verdict. And they have a drawing. How is this still a thing? It's 2020. We have this huge news story. And instead of having video, which everybody has the ability to do, it's not like you have to go and hire somebody. Everybody has a video uh, ability in their pocket or even a picture. Take out your phone, snap a pic. You don't need a videographer or a cameraman. You don't need photographers lining up left and right. We have somebody drawing a picture of it. What the hell? Court sketch artist. How is this still a thing? A, this is like drawing on cave walls when the when the printing press was already invented. I'm sorry. These people are not good artists. Nobody is an artist and says, you know what? I'm not going to work in pastels or in oils. I'm going to be a sketch. None of them are good. It's this weird style with chalk. You're setting up an easel. That's the thing. Like, at a time, you could make the argument, well, we're going to have a court artist because to have a cameraman or to have photographers, it would be too distracting. What's more distracting? A guy with a giant easel drawing with chalk. I mean, that must be the most distracting thing going. You could have somebody. You wouldn't even notice it. They could have a body cam and just shoot video. It makes no sense. We're living in 2020 and we have people drawing with chalk in courtroom. What the hell are we doing? Woo! I agree, Rick. World's oldest man who said secret to longevity was smiling dead at 112. Well, I mean, I brought this up before. Nobody's really caught on. This title, World's Oldest Man, it's jinxed. Every time one of these people get the World Oldest Man title, they die shortly afterwards. That is a title you don't want. Extra, extra. Would you pay $1,495 for a ticket to Tyra Banks' Model Land theme park? No. No, I would not. That next question. You didn't even need to write the article. The answer is, in fairness, you could have left out the price. Extra, extra. Hot Pockets heiress Michelle Janavis was sentenced Tuesday to five months in prison for paying a fixer to get her daughters into the University of Southern... God, everybody wants to go to USC. They're paying millions of dollars to get their kids in there. There's a Hot Pockets heiress? There's an heiress to the Hot Pockets... Is this... uh, What was it? Sue Ellen Mischke. Sue Ellen Mischke, the O. Henry candy bar heiress. (laughs) There's a Hot Pockets heiress. That doesn't... Extra, extra! Now, usually, headlines... I usually stay away from stories about death. But, you know, there are exceptions to every rule. Headline, skeptic of the world being round dies in rocket crash. California man who said he wanted to fly to the edge of outer space to prove for once and for all the world was flat. Died after his home built rocket plunged back down to Earth. I knew this guy was in trouble when the rocket on the side said Acme. It's like the cartoons. It said Acme on. 
You know who also built rockets in his home was Wile E. Coyote. That is not the role model that you want to be using when you're building a home. Home-built rock. There's certain store. There's certain lines, certain phrases you don't want to be used in a story about you. And there's nobody anywhere who thought home-built rocket was going to be a, a positive story, right? I mean, that's just not extra, extra. All right, let's get to Florida, man, because he has been very busy this year. We, even with the the uh, restrictions we put on ourselves about a whole Florida man stories, Florida man sets hospital bed on fire to get nurses' attention. Woo! Florida man shoots dog walker in leg, steals dog. Woo! Florida man arrested for threatening his neighbor with an AK-47 over damage to his lawn. Feels like maybe you overreacted there. Florida man arrested for the fourth time describes to police how high he is. Florida man waiting for haircut accidentally shoots himself in the face with his gun. Florida man is arrested after jar of tongues found in his home. And shirtless Florida man arrested after riding motorcycle with toddler between his legs. I like the fact that the headline writer felt like the the fact that he was shirtless was uh, noteworthy there. I feel like Florida man arrested riding motorcycle with toddler between his legs would have been enough. They felt like they needed to throw in the fact that he was shirtless as well. Seems like a low bar there for crimes in terms of what was going on. All right, 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Our weekly headline segment is uh, wrapped up. We'll get into your phone calls coming up next. It's amazing that there are still people defending uh, Dave Gettleman. Chris, who doesn't have a actual Twitter picture, so he's obviously a troll. But he said uh, he, Gettleman is not talking about starters because he's trying to use the fourth pick in the draft as leverage. Oh, so the teams below the Giants will think, oh, you know what? Maybe the Giants aren't talking about Daniel Jones. So maybe they're not, uh, maybe they're not too keen. We're going to have to trade up. Ahead of the Giants if we want to get a quarterback, because the Giants might take a quarterback. If there's any team out there that stupid, I'd be kind of, it would kind of blow me away. And in fact, if I had to figure out a team that would be that stupid based on the track record since he's been here, I think it's probably Dave Gettleman's Giants. All right, let's get some calls in. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. We'll go out to Greg Jersey. Greg, go, my man. Yes, how you doing? Good morning today. How are you? I just, I, just, I just wanted to mention about that whole no-starter thing. I remember I played three levels of football, and that's something that you sell to the parents. Like, hey, everybody got a chance. Right. As soon as, pre- as soon as practice right. starts, they put the first team out there. So, so it kind of backfired for those guys that thought they had a chance. That, you know, it, it's almost like somebody pulling the, the rug from under you, thinking that you got a shot. But at the same time, there's no way you're paying these guys all this money to sit on the bench. No way. No, of course not. I mean, I don't think anybody thinks that uh, Joe Judge actually is viewing the, 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 the talent on the team. Everybody's the same. Everybody's going to have an equal shot. I mean, it's, it's just so stupid. And what it tells you is he's not going to be honest with you. If he's not going to be honest with you about something as basic as Daniel Jones being the starting quarterback, he's not going to tell you anything honestly. So it, it, it makes you think, why bother listening to him at all on anything? He's not going to be honest. I think it's Akibia? Akiba. Aki- it opens. Akiba. Oceans. Akiba. Akiba. Go. I got Thanks. it right. Second time I got it right. Akiba. What's yep. going on, my man? Thank you, Gordon. I, I do think you're wrong on, on the no starters thing. And I'll tell you why. It's not about that question. Yeah, obviously Daniel Jones is your starter. But – once you start answering questions about who's starting, um, there is a level. Whatever guy you get want to get to, whether that's Saquon had it down here, obviously he's your starter. Nate Solder had it down here. Is he your starter? 
you start well, getting well, you there. You should be able to figure out your way to be able to say something that's more complex, right? Like a more complex question about Nate Solder. You'll be able to figure your way out w- by saying things and not really saying anything. But sure, but, but when you get, get to the complex. level of Daniel Jones, if you can't even be honest about that, well, then why would I listen to you about anything? Well, sure, but now the story. It, once you when you do that, now the story is uh, Dave Gettleman's not being honest. If you get as soon as you get more complex, the story becomes Giants not certain Nate Solder will be the starter, and that story can linger. And there's no reason to do that. There's no upside to it. Okay, so, so then what you're saying is that the Giants shouldn't talk to the media about anything because they're not going to because you can't be honest about you're not you're going to leave everything open ended. You're not going to give any facts at all. So really, what you're saying is that the Giants shouldn't talk at all to anybody. At this stage, anybody who thinks that a general manager is giving any real insight into their team at this stage before free agency starts and before the, uh, before the draft starts, um, hasn't been paying attention for years and, and really is kind of gullible. No team is giving anybody any insight before all the moves are made. So do you think After that if you, if you talk to, uh, if you talk to Andy Reid and you asked him about, uh, Patrick Mahomes, do you think that he would say that, yeah, obviously Patrick Mahomes is our starting quarterback? I think I think there's every chance that Reed would say, "Yeah, he's our starting quarterback." I think there's every chance that he would say, "You know what? I'm not going to talk about starters right now." <laughs> I'm sorry, no, I don't believe that. I'm sorry, no, that's not true. That's not true. If you ask most teams about now, look, are there situations that are in flux? Are there questions that are being asked that you may not want to answer, and you have to kind of talk your way around that? Sure, of course. But is Brian Cashman? famously said one of the first pieces of advice that he was given by Stick Michael was never lie. You don't come out and you talk around it. You may you don't give maybe a full truth. You, you know, you figure out a way to be able to answer the question without maybe really answering the question. But in terms of just flat out lying. And if you're saying Daniel Jones is not the starter right now, well, or Saquon Barkley is that I don't have everybody. There's no depth chart yet. Then you're lying. I'm sorry. Lewis and Whippany. Lewis, go, my man. Hey, how you doing, Gordon? I'm good, man. What's up? Listen, listen. All the I wish I wish people believe me the way they believe Dave Gettleman, man. That that would make that would make my day every single day. Like it's clear that Daniel Jones is the starter. It's clear that Saquon's going to be the starter. It's not a big deal to answer those questions. We're not asking you about the you know the the DT that's like maybe third in line or fourth in line. Like, hey, does he have a chance to be a starter? I don't understand why new head coaches just don't take. The same playbook Jimmy Johnson used with the Cowboys. Hey, listen, you're a superstar. You get treated like a superstar. You know, it's it's everyone's different. You can't sit there and tell me that Daniel Jones is the same as the third string quarterback or Saquon's the same as the fourth string running back. It doesn't work that way, man. It yeah, just doesn't. I, I don't understand. I I don't know who he's trying to impress with this approach, but I don't think it impress. It, it doesn't. I don't. It's not even necessarily impress. I don't know who he thinks that this is winning over or um, that believes him even like, I don't think any player would actually believe what he's saying. And it's again, it's something so basic that it just sounds stupid. Spike in Jersey, Spike. 
Good morning, my friend. One quick comment. I'm not surprised with Severino because you got nothing left. What, he pitched three games, 12 innings? So, uh, you know, I was wondering what, when they signed Hicks and Severino. Didn't you think those salaries were very low based upon their output? Well, they were low, but they were long, you know, they were kind of long years, especially the ju- the, uh, the uh, Hicks one. The Hicks was like seven years, $10 million a year. And look, that's not going to break the bank for the Yankees, right. but you know, they haven't gotten really anything out of either guy. They gave Severino nothing. They gave him $10 million a year for four years. Well, I mean, considering the injuries and, and you know, what the yeah. outlook is from here, it's not Where nothing left to him. I mean, that's that's money that he might not ever make again. Yeah, that's true. And if he too, didn't take that I'm, deal, then that's a lot of money to him. I'm not concerned. I'm not concerned about the Yankees. And when was them play with him last year? What's the difference? Didn't have him. Uh, yeah. Well, look. I mean, I don't think that at this stage, right? As we're sitting here on what is it, February 26, I don't think it's a big deal. But if the, if he continue to have injuries, it's not like the American League East is the Yankees and four teams of the Orioles. The the Rays won 96 games last year and also overcame injury. The Red Sox are not going to w- lose 90 games this year. The division is not it's not guaranteed to the Yankees. They gotta they gotta figure out a way not to have so many injuries. I don't know how to do it. I don't blame anybody for it. And you'd think that you're not going to have as many injuries as he had last year. But certainly not a good start, and certainly not good for Luis Severino. All right, it's going to do it for today. Vote on the poll question. We're back tomorrow. It's 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.